the New York media has gotten soft, including you, Paul. <laughs> I don't need any kind of crap from you. Take a lap defense. Take a lap special teams. Who cares? No. Like, it doesn't matter. It sure does. It doesn't. Paul, do you know what drip is? Do we have to explain? No, I'm going to let you wear the clown makeup. Removing oh, goalposts. Like, How stupid is that? No drunkenness. The answer to the question, fine. We move on. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Shoot or shoot. The no. kicker. You hear how he says the kicker. Like he's a subset from the team. Do I send you journalism lessons on Twitter? We got a lot of angry people on this podcast. Yeah. Hurts. Plenty of time. But a bad throw is picked off. Intercepted by Darnay Holmes. We wanted him to beat us throwing. In terms of defending the pass, I thought we did a good job. Being chased. Throws end zone and it's intercepted. Tay Crowder picked it. It was a good team win. He need to play very hard. Obviously, you know, make sure we keep moving the right direction as a team. It's ruled a touchdown. And it's Chris Myrick, the Philadelphia native, coming out with it. His first career catch. I was first I told him, spite that, you know what, but happy for him. Looking for Rager in double coverage, and it's intercepted. Xavier McKinney is making this a habit now. It don't matter how we get it done. Hey, we get it done. Now back to the ground. Scott lost the football. Julian Love has it. A key turnover here in the fourth with a minute 34 to play. And it's a 13-7 win. Good team win today, man. Let's, let's get to work this week, man. Let's keep building. Let's keep winning. Giants on three. One, two, three. Welcome to a victory edition of the Blue Rush Podcast, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. That montage you heard, courtesy of Fox Sports, Adam Amin on the call. You heard Saquon Barkley, Julian Love, and Evan Ingram. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Let's welcome in the host of Blue Rush. That would be two-time Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes, and his co-host, Giants beat right for the post, Paul Schwartz. The lockers were cooking, the defense was brewing, and the Giants won 13-7 over the Eagles. Lawrence, it was ugly, but, you know, you tweet about this, a win is a win is a win is a win, and the Giants have not had a lot of them for the last five years. So you'll take it any way you can get it. Take it any way we can get it. At 4-7, and seven, we are what they call in the hunt, baby. We are in the hunt. If you can believe it, the Giants are pictured on Sunday Night Football's tweets and, and obviously graphics on TV that we are one game out of the playoffs. We'll get into this. Oh, my God, was that ugly. Well, hold on, hold on. It was ugly on one side of the football, right? Sure, yeah, I apologize. Yes, yeah, well, maybe, uh, maybe two, two sides, maybe two. two. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk some, about that. Yeah, we'll have to talk about some uh, some kicking here, things like that. But, you know, it depends on how you want to look at this. If you're um, Patrick Graham, the Giants defensive coordinator, you're going to bed sleeping sleeping great because you say, man, we just we I just painted a masterpiece. So it's the eye of the beholder. Yeah, here's what I would say about this. There's two stats. 13 points, you lose. 99, uh, 97 out of 100 times when you score 13 points. When you force four turnovers and don't turn the ball over yourself, you win probably that same percentage. So something had to give here. It's a lot. Yeah. Great defense, bad offense. You didn't give the ball up. That's why you won. And look, it's a victory against the Eagles at home. So it means more. I thought there was juice in the building. There was towel waving. There were fewer. We'll talk up to this about Sarah later about, you know, being in the building because I did not think it was an Eagles takeover. You know, I thought it was a good Giants crowd. They were into it. And, you know, they didn't give them a lot to cheer for on offense, but they gave them a lot to cheer about on defense. And I that was the first time all season I felt a little juice in the building. Really? Okay. You know, Brandon London, who does a great job on the Giants.com 
uh, website, he tweeted some live shots from field level. There was some energy in there. That that last play, with to your point, with the white towels, you could see and feel it that the, they were on their feet. And thank goodness the Giants fans showed up, did not sell their tickets on Michael Strahan Day. You know, overall, the defense w- was fantastic. You know, we, we really got after him. Saquon's, what, what did he finish with? 40 yards? 32 yards were on one carry. And so 12 other carries, he had eight yards. Not a lot of that was on him. There wasn't a ton of holes. But again, I, I still would like to see Booker split evenly carries with him. I, I just feel like he gave us a little more in the game. Daniel hung in there. Um, still, again, nothing that really stood out. He hung in there. That's all I can say. Didn't have a ton of time. But special teams, Paul, you alluded to it earlier. Riley Dixon had one of his worst games, I think, as a giant. There was a lot of bad punting. I get the last punt of the game is somewhere where you just want to get the ball off. They saw a look where they were going to get nine or ten in the box, and they just he's just trying to get it off. But that hang time punt had, you know, Deshaun Jackson wasn't back there. But, man, was that maybe under a three-second hang and under a 40-yard punt. My heart was skipping a couple beats on that last punt there right before the last possession. Well, that that was, you know, that, that whole scenario there was really interesting because it, it's a 39-yard punt. Jalen Rager has a nine-yard return, right? That is a net of what, math major? 30. 30 yards. 30 yards. Philly gets the ball at the 41. Now they have, what, a minute and 11 seconds to work with? Lifetime. They have no timeouts. That is enough. That is enough for a lot of quarterbacks. They needed a touchdown. I get that. But those are the things where you look back, and if you lose, you say, okay, let, let's, like I told you, I always try to look back and see, like, where the anatomy of the collapse starts. And, you know, Riley Dixon would have been a prominent player in that because you say, okay, let's see what happens. Okay, the offense didn't do enough. Then the defense, then let's see, they needed a good kick. Then a good kick wasn't there. So that, right, this cannot be just wiped under the rug and saying, well, we won the game because Riley Dixon is not helping himself to be um, to be around here next year. You know, that that he's had some bad games. And, uh, you know, that's not my main takeaway from this, but you got to focus he on it. He struggled. You know, Johnny Hecker, this is the time of the year where the weather really, really does change. I mean, we've had some cooler games, but this is the time of year. Johnny Hecker last night was awful for the, for, for the Rams. I mean, he had a terrible, terrible game, and he's considered one of the best. Riley's had an okay year, but yesterday it kind of stood out, right, when you're only scoring 13 points and you're in close games, the punting really stands out. You know, Graham had a miss. They keep sending Graham out to the well, 50-plus. It's going to happen. Of course, he did make a big kick, I think. I consider it a big kick to put them up by six when they struggled again to move the football down there. That was down in Sarah's end zone. Sarah was down in that end zone, actually on this 20-yard line watching all those kicks. But yeah, the the offense, you know, I I heard a lot of the post-game press conferences, uh, a lot of patting on the back, and in three days or give or take whatever they had to put this thing together, it looked probably worse than I expected it to. I thought it would look a little bit better. They did All right, so you want to go, I was trying to see where you were going here, because, you know, you want to go half glass full or half empty. So you're going half empty from the first. Okay, that tells me a lot about you. Okay, I get it. Because we could, we could say, let's go defense first, because that was great. We can go offense first. You want to I like to up? end with the greatness. You want like to begin with the end, greatness? End, yeah. No, no, okay. no. I want to end with it, because okay, it's a very good. Very for smart. the rest of the show. Yeah. Very smart. Okay. Uh, the offense. Now, now I will disagree with you. There was not a lot of padding on the back, okay? It was, it was a subdued, you know, Daniel Jones was subdued. Saquon was certainly subdued. Joe Judge barely talked about the offense. One thing I noticed, you know, as a, as a, a writer, as a guy who covers the team, it was really funny that every single guy who went out there on offense said the same thing when asked about firing of Jason Garrett. And now we have Freddie Kitchens. How did it all go? 
Daniel Jones said, I think communication was good, and I know it was a collaborative effort with all the coaches on offense. And then Saquon was asked, and he said, I thought the communication was good, but of course it was a collaborative effort. And Joe Judge said, when asked about, you know, his new play caller, Freddie Kitchens, well, it was a collaborative effort. You know, this was something that was hammered. And you've been on teams, Lawrence, right, where the coach has a theme, and it's maybe a little bit controversial, a little bit uncomfortable, and he hammers home the words you want to, to say. he wants you to say, and you say it. It was collaborative, collaborative, collaborative. We're not saying Jason Garrett bad, Freddie Kitchen's good. We're saying now we're collaborating. It, it, it's kind of bogus. Only one guy calls the plays. I get it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, did you expect, first of all, to see at the start of that game, I'm going to see a lot of different and new things because Jason Garrett, you know, the witch is dead. You know, everyone got their, their pound of flesh with Jason Garrett. He had to go. I get that. Uh, did you expect to see a lot of different things out there? Did you see anything different? Did you see anything that looked you okay? Know, I will say, I will say on the positive, I felt like for whatever reason, just from watching from home, that the first half, there was a better flow to them in and out of the huddle. You know, Slareth alluded to it in the game that he goes, they're just a team that with zero movement. They're one of the teams that does the fewest things pre-snap, obviously, and he studied the game and studied the film. But from the perspective of them getting in and out of the huddle and looking like they had a little bit of synchronicity is that even a word that looked good guys weren't winning early in the game I mean Galladay none of those guys we're going to look back on this and I don't know if Shepard's available this week or next week he's the heart and soul of this offense you you know Nick Gates we lost him on the line but I think Shepard for some reason just just no one plays with any energy out there like you don't see someone getting up fist pumping like a Shepard would on a seven yard gain or you know I feel like Daniel has really missed that security blanket of his in the middle. No one was really winning on their routes. I mean, and, and, and Philly's got a good defense. Let's give them credit. Their front seven is really good, but not a lot of places to go with the ball. I'll look at it more in depth this week as I get the all 22 film, but it just didn't look like anyone was really good. Well, th- that's an interesting point about Shepard because, you know, I think sometimes fans kind of tend to downgrade him a little bit. You know, he's okay. Oh, he's yeah. Pre- he's pretty good, but he does add some emotional spark. Um a lot. Look, the Giants spent, I think, two and a half days with Kenny Galladay in free agency. Remember that? They brought him in. You know, it was an old-fashioned courtship. They brought him in. They took him to dinner. You know, it wasn't one of these bang at, you know, 12.03. They had him signed. And, you know, this was an old-fashioned get-to-know-us, get-to-know-you, go to dinner, look at the facility, talk to the coaches, you know, all that stuff, look at the area. And so they, they had to get a, a pretty good feel of Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay is, you know, his pulse rate has to be pretty low. You know, he's not a diva receiver which is good, but he doesn't bring a lot of energy, which is not good. He does not win a lot of routes off the line of scrimmage. You know, he doesn't like when you say to him, well, you make all these contested catches and you're never open. He's like, well, I'm not never open, you know, but but he's not open a lot. You know, anyone who thought that, uh, you know, having Freddie Kitchens, he's now going to target these playmakers. He didn't have Kadarius Tony out there, of course. You know, he's hurt again. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay got, you know, some late catches, which was good, but, you know, not a lot of targets, three catches. You know, we have to see, buyer beware. We have to see with Kenny Galladay, if, is he a difference maker? You know, for $72 million, they paid for a difference maker. We have not seen that yet. Now, Saquon, you know, I know you've said a lot about Saquon. Um, you know, the one run was great when he bounced it outside. That was, un, you know, not scripted, and that was good. Here's what he said. Let me, let me, you know, bounce this off you, and, and, and what do you think about this? You know, because he was asked, you know, that 32-yard run that you had, did that kind of – was that kind of important to you to show you, you know, you can still do it? 
you know, and, and Saquon kind of bristled at that a little bit. He said, I know I can do it. I already know I can do it. I know I'm going to continue to get better and better each week and each day. He said, I think I have to hear, hear that behind me. I think I have a helicopter going overhead. Well, maybe that's. Uh, yeah, that's John Mara. That's yeah, that's uh, right by your house. Oh, my God. He just threw someone off. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Saquon. Nope, there he goes. Um, <laughs> Um, There's a garbage can on Paul's front lawn. That's the banner. That's the banner. Fire Gettleman banner. I know Jake will like this. Saquon said, I have to continue to trust my body. And I know it's not like. Uh, Here we go. What's the Space Jam monster's name? It's not like something came and just took everything away from him, right? The Monstars, the, right? It, what's it, it, the Space Jam? He's asking I a. I love Space Jam. It's great. He's one. asking a crowd of 40, 50, 60 somethings. What's the monster? No one. Come on. Run the damn ball, dude. Stop with all the nonsense. I'm not going to rant again, but 32 yards was on one carry. You end the game 13 for 40. Brutal. Yeah, no, It I seems like really, early in his career, Lawrence, he had a lot just, of that too. It was like that one 50-yard run, and then he'd have 10 carries for eight yards. It seems to be a common theme. I would like to career. see Saquon out of the pistol more. I, I don't know. Whatever that formation's called where there's maybe two backs with Daniel and the shotgun. They I, ran that, that once, right? Do you see they had They Booker did, and, and, they, and, and they ran it. You know, they had success with it last week in the Tampa game game where they had a big gainer you know I remember Devin White took off like it was a pass from a linebacker I think that causes some trouble I like having why not have listen and no disrespect to the young man Myrick great catch but why not have Booker and Saquon on the field at the same time the one play you noticed they had Daniel they had Yes, flank. You had you had Saquon and you had Booker, and they you ran can't a tell kind of me. funky tight end screen on that play, which didn't and, do much. And having Booker and Saquon at the field on the field at the same time just makes so much damn sense when you've got guys hurt. Rudolphs and these other guys and Tony, why not have your playmakers on the field, man? So I, I, I Paul, I did some research here. I reached out to an expert. Offensive line guy before we move on to the defense. And obviously I proposed a question last night on Twitter that got a lot of traction with regards to Matt Pert. Why is he good enough to start at left tackle when Thomas was out, but not good enough to play right tackle? So I reached out to my source. Okay, I'm not going to name him. Offensive um, line guy is the name of the Offensive source. line guy. This OLG. guy, this guy played go. the game. He covers the game. He knows what the hell he's talking about. This is what he's heard. That Pert has had a lack of intensity at practice and made far too many mental mistakes. And they think he's in the doghouse. On the flip side of that, they also think he's almost too valuable to play at one position or the other because he is the swing tackle left tackle, right tackle. So if Solder gets hurt, he goes to right. If Thomas gets hurt, he goes to left. If he's starting in the game at right, God forbid you don't want to put Solder at left. I don't even want to let Solder watch my kids, for God's sakes, for 30 minutes while I run to the gas station. He is bad. I'm sorry. I'm getting off topic. Holy cow. It's a turnstile over there. That's kind of what I got without going too far into it. He obviously did not perform well in practices and got in the doghouse early. They don't trust him at right tackle. And he's a swing guy. It makes a lot of sense. Well, look, he, um, he, he's, he's a third round pick. This coaching staff and this front office has every reason to put him on the field. You know what I mean? It's not like he's a holdover or he's somebody else's guy. So clearly, and look, we all know what Nate Solder is. Nate Solder was supposed to be the swing guy at the start of the year. So, you know, your information about not doing well in practice is a hundred percent makes sense because this this coaching staff has incentive to put him out there 
We're not winning. We, we, we have a bad record. Let's groom this guy for right tackle to see if he's our right tackle next year and we can have bookends. Nate Solder is not the right tackle in 2022. So the fact that this coaching staff looks at this and says, Nate Solder gives us a better chance to win than Matt Pert is really, really, you know, that's the kind of thing that brings a front office down. When you draft a guy high and you say you need to develop him and then the coaching staff says, well, we really can't put him on the field right now. That's not good. Before we get to the defense, um, I want to talk about the last thing on this offense now, and this this bothered me, you know, the way they closed out the game. Disgusting. Uh, the towels are waving. Sarah is, you know, beating up her roommate because, you know, the Giants are going to win this game here, right? 134 to go. Giants have the ball. The Eagles have three timeouts left. Okay, so you know you want them to burn their timeouts. The next three plays, Saquon Barkley for a yard. Daniel Jones for minus one. Daniel Jones, it, the most incredible play, he rolls to, he rolls out to his left. I know he's not going to throw the ball, right? He kind of just keeps drifting and then slides minus eight, which makes no sense to me. So they lost nine yards. No, I guess it's minus eight because they had one and they had a minus one. They did force the Eagles to use all their timeouts. They used only 24 seconds. But why are you losing yards for your punter there, right? It makes no sense to me. And God forbid, Lawrence, is an offense allowed to line up and say, we're going to run the ball, you know it, and God forbid actually get a first down and end the game there? You know, the problem with that is I, I, I agree, but the way Riley Dixon was punting yesterday, you would think snapping the ball from the 30, it's what we call a field punt where you can just unload on it. He did not. I will give them credit on the drive. You know, listen, if we're going to talk about the bad. That seven-minute, 22-second drive they had or whatever the case is when they started at the nine, that was a hell of a drive. That was about a statement of drive as they had all, all day, and that was a really important part part of the game they go down of course they can't convert it they get a field goal when Farrell Cooper's your target on third and seven I have so many questions Daniel's just going through progressions but to me I mean he was actually targeted as many times as Galladay maybe a few less but um he had the one bounce up in the air and he caught it and Farrell Cooper's a tough player man he uh he plays tough he did a good job in the return game but he played 35 snaps which I don't think anyone expected him to get that many snaps and how many times is Galladay gonna come off the damn field in third ground every time he makes a play I see him tapping his helmet like stay in the game you get 35 seconds in between plays you'll catch your breath I think Chris Myrick Myrick needs more love though I mean that catch between his legs I mean Myrick 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 he is still an Eagles guy. He gets no love on the show yet. He's born in Philly, whatever the hell. He's he gets no love. Two big catches, touchdown. He had great blocks. No one heard him. He's number forty-one and oh, he's got to earn Seaver. his keep around here before he gets a little love on the Blue Rush pod. Uh, he gets but, love. Well, he did, he did he a great did, day. It, it was not an easy catch. And know? he's yeah, a he, Philly spy. Could be a spy. This guy is from Philadelphia. We are not all in on Myrick. I like I saw like your first down. catch, though. You know, he was asked, did you get the ball? He said, well, yeah, I did. He said, I had it, and I wanted to keep it. And then Saquon was yelling at me, you have to spike it. So then I spiked it, and then I couldn't get the ball. But he said, Saquon picked me up, and he got the ball for me after I spiked it. Then Saquon gave me the ball. So it was a lot of moving parts there for, for Myrick to get his first NFL touchdown ball and, and have it secured. You know, I asked, uh, I think I asked Daniel Jones after the game. It kind of, they kind of didn't get it. Maybe I didn't phrase it right, but I said, with the new offense and the new offensive coordinator, the, the big emphasis is supposed to be on getting the ball to the playmakers, you know, and the first touchdown in this new era is to a practice squad guy who, that was his, not only his first NFL cut, touchdown, it was his first NFL catch. And I looked it up at Temple University, I think in three years, he had one touchdown. Okay. So this is not wow. a playmaker. This is Jeez. not a playmaker. And, and, 
they kind of like said, well, yeah, I mean, that was the play. It's like, I think it was kind of ironic that this guy who I had to look up three times to make sure I had the spelling of his last name right, and he gets yeah. the only touchdown of the game for the Giants. Yeah, how about the, the Giants and Jets win, and their two big touchdowns come from Austin Walter and Chris Myrick. I mean, this is unbelievable. From give them a key to the city, baby. And yeah, give them their Dunkin' Donuts and, and get them their free coffees, uh, if you will. But how about this, guys? And that's friend of the program, Xavier McKinney. Baller. He's a baller. He's a stud. He Man, clearly should have had one or two more. Yeah, he he is incredible, and this defense is showing up. They're good, man. They they're playing really well. They they're been they're not even a bend but don't break. They actually were applying some pressure yesterday. And listen, Jalen Hurts is a problem. Like I know people were probably mad because of some of the yardage he chewed up yesterday, but he has really hurt a lot of defenses. They put up a ton of points on people to go out and play like they did yesterday. Thank you, Lord, for Patrick Graham and this secondary. And a lot of respect to those backup guys, the Robinsons, the Parkers, the Reeds. I mean, guys we've never heard of that just come in and played sticky coverage. It wasn't – I like they were playing more man. I think that was an emphasis too yesterday, Paul. That was Devontae Smith. We didn't hear a lot from him. Bradbury shut him down. But the sticky coverage they were playing, I didn't feel like there was a ton of zone uh, as opposed to the other games. So that was that was good to see. Um, but overall, this secondary, with injuries, you get Logan Ryan back next week, you got to tip your cap to them because they have played really good football. I thought the front was better, but nothing crazy good. I mean, they didn't, didn't have a great game, but they played good. And- NFL team is going to get yards, right? They're going to get two or 300 yards. It's a matter of how you give it to them, where you give it to them. The Giants clearly knew that the Eagles wanted to run the ball and were going to run the ball. So the Eagles, you know, they got 208 rushing yards. You know, Jalen Hurts hurt them in the ground game, but the, the plan was to just limit that and make him throw the ball. Now, there's two things. Patrick Graham's big thing every week is limit their big playmakers, right? The best we can. You mentioned Devonta Smith. There were two guys, Devonta Smith, they targeted Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. They said, those are their two playmakers. We need to minimize them and then the, let them throw the ball to the Jalen Ragers of the world and things like that, gain well, and we'll see what we can do with them, okay? Dallas Goddard, Three targets, one catch, zero yards. Remember that whole narrative, the Giants can't deal with tight ends? Dallas Goddard was nullified in the game. Devonta Smith, we know the Giants wanted him in the draft. They wanted him bad, and they didn't get him. They wanted him bad. You know, Joe Judge, every time you mention Devonta Smith, he goes off about what a great player he is. So they wanted him. They didn't get him. Then they knew every year they had to deal with him twice a year. Devonta Smith, four targets, two catches, 22 yards. You barely heard him out there. And you mentioned James Bradbury. We have to give him some props because he he has not had as good a year this year as last year. There's no doubt about it, but he's a valuable player. You know, this is what Joe Judge said about Bradbury. He said he's not afraid to put his arm around a guy and challenge him. And that's right. You know, Bradbury is, you know, sometimes he holds back, but, you know, they had Bradbury. They had a little help with him. They did not want Devonta Smith direct the game. And, and, and you know, th- this is, you know, when, when you've done a good job. Did you see on the last Eagles drive, Devonta Smith was, who's a very quiet guy, you know, very mellow. He was in Nick Sirianni's face demanding the ball on the last play. You know, he was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And Nick Sirianni afterwards said he wants the ball in critical situations like that. They were playing two man in that scenario. 
They played it three snaps in a row. It was two-man on that one. The type of the play he wanted in that scenario wasn't going to be good. He's got to calm down his star rookie receiver and tell him, look, we can't throw to you on this situation because they're taking you out. You know, that was really good. And so what happens? They make them throw the ball to a former first-round pick, Jalen Rager. And what does he do? He dropped it. He drops it. Absolutely right? dropped Devonta it. Devonta Smith is not going to drop it. So you got to be really good. You got to be really smart. You got to be a little lucky. It was there for the You Giants. know, it's funny. The narrative on, on, on Smith was that he's, you know, not going to be healthy. He's going to be injured too all the skinny, time. Too skinny. Too skinny. And then we get right? the young joker who's not healthy. Young joker. Is not healthy. I mean, no, I'm so it's, sick it's, of players being hurt, man. It, it's I'm true. I'm sick of it. It's true. You know, right. The quads. Most, quads. The, what are these quad injuries? Never seen so many quad injuries. Is what quad considered a soft? I know. Um, um, yeah. You know, it's a hamstring tissue. is soft yeah. tissue. It's a soft tissue. It's, it's yeah. just in the front. Muscle. So that's a Dory Jackson, Sterling, and Young Joker. I, mean, look, I think you look, want to be featured in one of his rap videos. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't have enough off to spray on me because he does all of them in the woods, which is bizarre. I've actually watched some of these videos. If you're so inclined to watch the young Joker, what would your over there by the name creek. be, Lawrence? What, what, oh, LTZ Fasheezy. <laughs> yes. But, well, oh, why no. did you know that so quickly? Because I am LTZ Fasheezy. That's what uh, the DBs used to call me. So I figured that's my rap name, LTZ Fasheezy. Where do we go from here? My goodness, <laughs> we go right to the questions from All the right. guests. Um, yeah, let's um, wrap our up. Twitter. I'm getting a little nauseous. I got to go. Okay, you guys can finish <laughs> uh, up from here after hearing that. Polly, what's Polly's rap name? LBP. Long Beach Polly. Polly Shlomo? I don't know. I can't do that. Polly Shlomo. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, by the way. I had some, yes. I, my mom made some brisket and latkes on Sunday night. Paul, what are, are you latkes? celebrating hot latkes or what are they? Like, Fish? Paul, like, potato no, potato with pancakes. Onions. Potato pancakes, basically. You've had potato pancakes. Like, I have, I have they're very, very, very unhealthy. What did you get, Jared? Did you? Uh, it sounds like the jewelry commercial. What did you get your son, Jared, for Hanukkah? Well, it's it's still a work in progress. Um, oh, oh, a nice, a him. nice, a nice overcoat, so he doesn't have to wear his. Um, Very nice. When he goes out, he doesn't have to wear his, you know, a North Face or his uh, Marmot puffer coats. Something a little nicer. I'm more in the professional realm, as he is a employee of the post we are looking yes. for a much more yes. polished look um yeah a couple of other things we'll be getting him a little hoodie and probably. your co-host at the blue rush pod gets nothing <laughs> you well, it's christmas it's christmas for you you're not jewish so you don't get any hanukkah presents i got socks with my initials on them and then i just asked for like cash i'm just like all right take like half of my rent maybe wait so if the you. socks have your initials the initials are like up up on the socks so no one can see the initials right yes pretty much that's a, it's a very that's it, it, it that's a gift of love you can tell people really thought a lot about socks that with initials socks. yes how do you, I, you just go up to your friends and say hey look at my socks with my initials on them i don't pull know up, let me pull up my um joggers here so you can see that it has jb on my sock yeah well they're, they're dress socks so i guess whenever you know if i'm looking fly in an event or something in one of my blazers a gold Blade oh, you got to give them the big thigh. You know, when you sit down and you cross your leg, it's called yeah. Giving, you do the leg cross, giving like, someone the big thigh. You just give yeah, them the big side of your thigh when you go. Hey, how are we doing? Yeah, I'll, I'll flex my socks like I'm, like I'm young Joker. We have breaking news, and that's that Sarah met her lover Nikki Snacks. <laughs> I love game. Nikki Snacks. Well, Nikki Snacks slid in and said hi to Sarah, 
and now he said hi in person. Well, uh, how was your experience, Sarah, overall? Because you met, shout out to the Talking Giants crew. You met that whole gang. They had a little tailgate going on. Uh, how was your experience with uh, that crew, you know, popping shots at 10 a.m.? Okay, I'm just going to set the record straight. I don't have any lovers. Also, like, are you 90? Why are you saying lover? <laughs> oh, Julian lovers. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, he's been spending an inordinate amount of time in South Carolina. Yeah, I, I need to get out of here. I'm ready to get back. Let's just shut that down real quick. No lovers none at all but yeah everyone i met was really nice i met some people who listen to the podcast um and i need to shout out tom on twitter who upgraded my seats from i think i was literally last row in the entire stadium and i got to fifth row in the end zone so that was cool so started at to the him. top and now you're at the bottom what you a started turn. at the top and now talk we're about a, a glow up impressive <laughs> yeah and, and the energy was crazy and you know michael strahan let's cue up a, a clip of his speech and we'll do that next on blue rush and we'll read your tweet as well reply to lawrence no drunkenness you know i gotta say this every team has their ups and downs but the new york giants have won Super Bowl. There are teams that have never had enough. Appreciate what you got. And we will be back. We will be up again. I guarantee you that. And I, in closing, I just want to say I am so grateful to have my family here because without them, I am not here. My father is here in spirit. And my mom is here. Thank you, Mom, for giving birth to me, for encouraging me. And for being the toughest person in my life. And I just got to say, in closing, you know what we did? We won that Super Bowl in 2007, right? They didn't give us a chance, did they? But you do your Giants. What did we do? We stop you. All right, Michael Strahan make, made a speech at halftime. How electric was that, Sarah and Paul in person? Did that pump you up and, and get you ready for the second half? Yeah, I mean, me, yeah. Jake and I were there for the Eli day, and it was definitely a different vibe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. I didn't cry like the Eli one, but it was it fired everybody up, I think. And they had the Strahan towels that they gave out, so everyone was, I think, fired you know, up. You know, you have to remember, how did they come into this, right? The Giants just come a great defensive stand from the two-yard line. Tay Crowder on the last play of the half intercepts the ball in the end zone, right? It, it's 3 nothing Giants. You assume it's going to be 7-3. Interception. The crowd, you know, that the crowd was loud, right, Sarah? You know, he intercepts the ball. It's halftime. The Giants go running off the field after a great defensive stand. They start bringing the stuff out. Bob Papa starts going on the, on the, you know, the, the podium they're, they're putting together. And so there was juice, you know, in the other, you know, Lawrence knows for the 2011 anniversary, the team was bad. You know, for the Eli thing at halftime, the team was bad. So this was some, you know, this was some juice here. And it was interesting because, um, you know, Tom Coughlin was, at, was sitting at the dais there, you know, on the podium. Both owners were there, Steve Tish and John Mara. Unlike the Eli one, John Mara did not get up behind the you <laughs> know, microphone move. because he was going to get booed. You know, and, and, and when Michael Strahan said, you know, I got to thank the owners, the, the booze started. And that's when Strahan, you know, did those owners a real solid, right? He said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we've got two Super Bowls. We've got four Super Bowls. 
you know, be thankful. We will be back. That was that was good stuff. Strahan is a rebel. You know, Strahan had been a rebel in this organization for many years, you know, and people remember him from 2007 only. Before that season, Lawrence, you remember, he's going into his last year of his contract, making $3 million a year. He said, I want more money. The Giants said, you will get not a dime more. That's what you're going to play for. Wait, he was said, how much was he making that year? $3 million. Oh, my God. $3 million in, in 2007. It was the last year of his contract. That's you know? horrible. Well, but he had a good contract, but this was, this was, it was. The back end? Did it, the, did that it was the back down? end. So okay. It was lower on the back end. It was a horrible age. My God. Right? We didn't know the Giants were going to make this great Super Bowl run. What does um, Michael say? He says, you know what? I think I'm going to retire maybe. So I'm not going to go to OTAs and I'm not going to go to training camp and I'm going to sit home and I'm going to say I'm mulling retirement, which he wasn't. Then a day after training camp ends, he said, okay, I'm coming back. I'll play for my measly $3 million, and he gets to play in the opener. Not well, because he didn't have training camps. You know, so for, for Michael Strahan, who had been a rebel at times with this organization, to really say, give these guys a break, you know, I think the owners are really happy about that. It was a cool day for him. It's funny that you bring up that he did not go to training camp. I met him very early on when I got traded. I think he was just up at the facility one day, maybe the first day I got traded, actually. And then come to think of it, yeah, I never saw him again until like the first week of the regular season. Like he never showed up and obviously didn't play a ton maybe in that Dallas game. But yeah, his agent sucks. Three million, final year of his deal. I guess yeah. the Giants returned the favor by waiting years and years to put his number up. I mean, it took it took. Yeah, but you know what? I don't yeah. know if, if someone wrote this this week. If you look at the histor- history of like a Harry Carson, Harry Carson's number is not retired, I don't think. And then Frank Gifford and some of these guys, they waited years for this to happen. They haven't called me about my, you know, ring of honor yet either. So I'm just hanging in there. You want us to start a Lawrence Tyne ring of honor? No, no, it's going to happen organically. I have faith. We're going to start a petition. You should hold out, hold out of something like Michael. Yeah. You know what? I'm not showing back up to MetLife until I get back in there. He's going to hold out until I get in the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) We've talked about your experience coming back this year and, you know, it it, it was kind of a dead environment. The Giants lost, you know, they did, you know, honoring the the, the 10 year anniversary. You know, Joe Judge said, you know, was asked about, you know, Strahan (laughs) in the building. And Joe Judge said, um, with a guy like Strahan being honored, we're always big on the history of the organization. We talk about the area, the people we represent and the history of the organization who came before us and who we represent. When you've got a guy being honored like that, you don't want to go out there and lay an egg. I don't want to interrupt you. That pissed me off. I knew. <laughs> okay. I was very nice almost in my tweet last night, but that yeah. pissed me off. Where was that comment egg. when the team from the Super Bowl, the team, which is the most important, where where was that sentiment after there was other things to talk about though after that Rams game, never mind us being there. But I don't know. It's just because they won, right? It's the right thing to say. When you're losing, you don't want to pile on your football team. So, But that did kind of piss me off, Joe. They laid they laid an egg for you and your 2011 yeah, team. I want to lay an egg. So, yeah, Eli, you got an egg for yours. And yeah. Super Bowl, yeah. Have, we, have we celebrated anything? I hope to God we're done with the celebrations. It was like a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? I got Is there a rock. anything else to celebrate? The, they the need Giants to stop. got an egg. They, they I will say that. Yeah. I, I, that's my third game that I've been to, and I, it happens that all of those yeah. were celebrations. You want to be able it, to go get a hot dog at halftime or something. And right? it is just no. like 
look over here. It's like, stop shoving it down our throats. Like, we get it. When well, the product's bad on the, the field, future. right? They're, it's a pretty good PR move. But Yeah, it's almost like the product's bad. People don't show up. Let's have a side show. Not that this is a Half side the product show, is but... bad. Let's call half the product is bad because the defense is yeah. they're worth watching. Let's do a quick rapid fire from Twitter. We'll go through a couple here as we wrap up the show. Let's go to Tova first, loyal listener to the show. That's so Rabin6. She said, what or who do you think the biggest culprit is for the Giants' offense's inability to score? I don't understand how we had three interceptions and didn't come out with 17 to 21 points on those alone. Mm. I'm going to keep going back to, I think the offensive line's an issue, but Daniel Jones has to, you know, guys, he has to start putting this team on his back and making plays. I know that it's difficult, but I got to see more from him. I really do. It's down, it's down the stretch these next six games. Uh, well, there's no question. You know, this down the stretch here for Daniel Jones is going to be crucial. But I, I think it all starts with the offensive line. And, you know, I know for a fact that Jason Garrett felt that, you know, he talked to people and said, look, we are navigating around this offensive line every play here. You know, it affects everything I do. And um, it's just absolutely true. And, um, you know, Joe Judge feels it. You know, I know he has talked to people and said, look, we got to we got to get through this with this offensive line, you know, with these injuries and what we have there, you know, and so I think that's, there has to be more here with this running game and with these receivers than, than we're seeing because you got to get the ball out of the hand of Daniel Jones so quickly because they're just afraid of what they can, you know, what they can't do up front. That front, uh, Mac underscore 683, we talked about it earlier. Why and how is Solder still playing over pair? Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about that. It's it's probably a little bit of value that Perp brings in terms of being the swing tackle for left and right. You can't start him because, you know, if he's starting and Andrew Thomas gets I, hurt. I, I, I think I, if, if he's the better player, he starts. I think Joe listen, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, yeah. I, I just, I'm just telling you what I heard from someone that's actually talked to the Giants and got an answer from him. The Blue Rush Scoop. He's in the doghouse. All right, from at Pizza King five four seven eight nine. Why do you kickers wear two Love different this shoes? Love this question. Y'all think you're too fancy pants for regular folk like us? Listen, Ugh. everyone, just hunker down, Paul. Kicker oh, questions, special kicker teams. Questions. Hey, Justin Thomas or Justin Tucker got a lot of love last night. That is a very good question. Okay, I did not wear two different shoes, depending on the field. So 99 out of 100 games, I'm probably just wearing two molded soccer shoes. You get into different surfaces. That's why you wear a plant. So sometimes, like maybe three or four times in my career, I wore a screw-in on my left side because the field was so crappy but that's why like it's really just for a better plant some guys do have it looks like the same shoe but you can get them custom made where the bottom's different on the plant shoe so it looks like the same shoe but the bottom's different um just for better grip but it's not trying to be fancy just trying to help us make kicks man come on bro from myg tim at the season ended today would you pick up dj's fifth year option oh i saw this question and i thought about it last night hell no Hell no. So what, are you just going to let him go and draft a quarterback in the first round? He's going to have to show me. I told you, I'm teetering on him. I need That's to see. That's fine. A fifth-year option is only one year. And, and um, what's what's the number? Sorry. Uh, you know, I'm I... not sure. I'm not. Ten? Is it double it's... digits? It's that, that's um, no. still cheap. That's still cheap. Yeah, it's it's, it it's not it's not you know Saquon's is seven million right, but he was he was the second pick. Daniel's the sixth pick. Um, it goes by quarterback also. Oh, so it's so less long. than ten million. Yeah. Okay. I mean. It, okay. It's sorry. Just, yes, I would definitely. Yeah, now is yeah. that guaranteed the moment he signs it? Yeah, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed money. Look. Yeah, you can, I don't you mind can, that. And then you bring in Russ Wilson next year is fine. Russell Wilson, okay. It, look, it would be an $8.3 million cap hit is what I am reading. I'd give them year. Saquon and Daniel for Russ Wilson. The cap hit is what the salary is for the one year. So that's it. And it a first-round pick. It's not absorbent for quarterback. You bring him back. 
But you don't you don't say, look, Daniel's back. He's our quarterback. We don't have to worry about quarterback. You bring him back, and you're always thinking um, maybe you try to upgrade Mike Lennon with somebody who you think you know maybe possibly, and you put a little heat on Daniel Jones to say you got to play or else you lose your job. But you got to build a team. You got to build the offensive line. I mean, it, it's you know they could go the first three rounds and only take offensive linemen, and I'd be okay with it. Jason Garrett was right. They've got one building block on the offensive line. Last time I checked, you need four more. Yeah, that Nick Gates injury, that really, really set this team back. Man, I, and we don't know the extent of this injury, but man, what a, he was a really good ascending player, starter, Pro Bowl caliber. Um, Whoa, easy with the Pro Bowl caliber. but He, he, he should have made the Pro Bowl last year. If they had more wins, he would have been a Pro Bowl center. And that offensive line problem might be the answer to our last question. From friend of the program, Sarah McCrory, he said, yeah, I have a question. WTF happened to the offense from the Saints week? <laughs> I'm at a loss, right? <laughs> I don't even know what between the Saints game and this game. It seems like it's been two seasons ago that that game happened. And that'll seal the deal on this episode of Blue Rush as the Giants are one game out of the playoffs and the seventh spot in the NFC. Do you believe in miracles? I don't be mad. All righty, Lawrence, you want to close out the show this week? That's right, Jake, I sure do. That says cheerio to episode 88, the Hakeem Nicks edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. You can't forget I killed you either. He was one of the great Giants receivers. But Lawrence, I got to ask you, what is your number one Thanksgiving food hot take? Oh, uh, I think that turkey's way overrated and not a big fan at all unless it's got a heaping serving of gravy. (laughs) (laughs) The word heaping, the word heaping got me chuckling over here. (laughs) Lawrence, can you get me the hell out of South Carolina? I mean, everything closes at 7 p.m. They're asleep at 8. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, it's a sleepy wee town you're at now. Horse and buggy will be there tomorrow to take you back to the big city. Give Blue Rush a wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, in fact, on Black Friday, I was cow-tipping instead of shopping. That's how crazy (laughs) it is down here. It's unbelievable. My pleasure, by the way. My pleasure. My pleasure. Would you like a Diet Coke with it? My pleasure. For Polly Schwartz, Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We return on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup with the Dolphins at MetLife Stadium. Thanks for listening, and happy Hanukkah, folks. Happy Hanukkah, baby. L'chaim. It's all about some strip clubs grabbing his crotch, throwing dollar bills.